This is not your century. This is Not Your Century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. March 5th, 1946. From Stettin in the Baltic to Trieste in the Adriatic, an iron curtain has descended across the continent. World War II is over. Winston Churchill, Great Britain's wartime prime minister, has lost his bid for re-election to the Labour Party's Clement Attlee. He's still a member of Parliament, and he's now the leader of the opposition. President Harry Truman has invited Churchill to come to his home state of Missouri and speak in the gymnasium at tiny Westminster College in the tiny town of Fulton. He opens with a joke. The the name Westminster somehow or other seems familiar to me. (laughs) But all kidding aside, this is no ordinary speech. Churchill may be standing in a Midwestern gym but his words are carried on nationwide radio. He's a mere MP now, but he's a giant in the world, having led the Allies, along with President Franklin Roosevelt and Soviet Premier Joseph Stalin, to victory over the Axis powers in the Second World War. He's come to try to shake America out of its blissful post-war complacency, end its admiration for Stalin, good old Uncle Joe in the war years. Churchill is a man who saw what happened after the last world war, the rise of tyranny, and eventually, another world war. He doesn't want to see that history repeated. In his speech, he'll warn America and the West about the Soviet Union's expansionism, about its aggressive use of, quote, communist fifth columns in Western Europe, about its authoritarian policies. He'll say the Russians respect strength, especially military strength and that there's nothing they respect less than military weakness. He'll bring up the disastrous appeasement policy of his predecessor, Neville Chamberlain, and he'll remind the West how well that worked out against Adolf Hitler. He'll say the free nations of the West should band together in an alliance to keep the Soviets in check. He'll argue for the United Nations to be equipped as an international armed force. And he'll propose a military alliance between the British Commonwealth and the United States so close it would eventually lead to common citizenship. Neither the sure prevention of war nor the continuous rise of world organization will be gained without what I have called the fraternal association of the English-speaking people. This means a special relationship between the British Commonwealth and Empire and the United States of America. That last one? It's a non-starter. President Truman applauds the speech. The English newspapers write editorials in favor of the special relationship. But congressional leaders say no thanks. The United States has emerged from World War II as a superpower, squaring off with the Soviet Union for control of the world. Great Britain is a waning power, and the Yanks have no interest in propping up the British and their dying empire. Senator Edwin Johnson of Colorado says we're not ready to have a military alliance that would impose on us the duty of enforcing Britain's foreign policies. In other words, we're not going to get dragged into the UK's fight to hang on to its last colonies, like India. Republican Senator Owen Brewster of Maine argued we cannot assume the heritage of British colonial policy. But Churchill's speech still had enormous influence. It wasn't called the Iron Curtain speech at first. He called it the Sinews of Peace speech. It helped set the tone for the Cold War. The image of the Iron Curtain dividing Europe 
and casting a giant shadow. That took hold. The speech anticipated NATO by three years. But while it was mostly seen at the time as saber-rattling, all that talk of showing strength to the Russians, Churchill wanted to prevent conflict. He said he didn't think the Soviets wanted war, just the spoils of war. He urged, and he would keep urging for the rest of his career, dialogue between the West and the East. Winston Churchill was elected prime minister again in 1951 and served until 1955. He was a member of parliament until 1964. He died the next year at the age of 90. I'm King Kaufman, and this has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Get great journalism today and support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pod. We now return you to your century. <laughs>